17 says, short-tempered people do foolish things. They scheme, their schemes are hated. 15, 18 says this, a hot-tempered person starts fights. And then the next one says, a person, Proverbs 25, 28, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Okay? The idea is that when anger gets control, it causes us to act out, it keeps our emotions stirred, and it keeps us in this self-controlled or uh, uh, lack of self-controlled atmosphere. So let's, let's just take away from this first thought, okay? Just some takeaways. If we don't listen to the doctor and put anger aside, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we how to, how to actually do that. It takes, it takes the devil, places him in our house, and he influences us. It pushes people out of our lives and builds walls. It causes us to do foolish things and travel down the rabbit hole of sin, and we find ourselves lonely with no intimate relationships, except for those that have not hurt us and made us angry. So how can we battle with anger? Number one, accept the Word of God. Seriously, accept this Word as God's voice to you. Accept its instruction as the only way to get victory over the sin of anger. Accept this, and what he says, put anger away. Why? Because it's dangerous. It allows the enemy access to your life, your family's life, and everyone around you in their life. So then he influences you, but then he influences everybody around you. Number two, how to, how, to, how to get victory over anger. Number two, cherish being forgiven by God. Cherish being forgiven by God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 says this. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Okay? This is what it seems like we do sometimes. As long as we look at being forgiven as I'm off the hook, we're going to hold people accountable for hurting us. We're going to let that anger continue. But when we cherish the fact that you and I are forgiven by God and what it costs for us to have our forgiveness... When we cherish that and we, we think through that process of what God has done for us, then all of a sudden we understand that what so-and-so has done to us is nothing compared to what I have done to God. There's no comparison. And yet God has released me and he's not coming after, after me to make me pay for anything I've done. He's literally erased it. I stand before God as if I had never sinned against him. And that's genuine forgiveness. We're around this person as if they had never done anything. And we're not chasing them down. We're not asking God to strike them with lightning bolts. We're not chasing them down. We're not angry with them because of what they've done. There's a, there's a parable that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 18, which is a great parable with this. 
that coincides with this thought. Um, there was a king that was going to hold his servants accountable, and he brought them all in. And there's this one man that owed him $10 million. So he brings him in, and he wants money. And the guy says, I have none. The king says, okay, sell him, sell his family, sell his possessions until the debt's paid. Well, $10 million is never going to happen. So the guy falls on his knees, and he begs the king, forgive him of his debt. So the king had compassion, had pity on him, and he let the guy go. He, he, he released him of his debt. He owes nothing. The same guy that was released goes running out to his friend, his friend that owed him, and this is the comparison, a $10 bill. Grab the thought process, because Jesus has given a story. The guy owed the king $10 million. His friend owes him 10. He goes and grabs him by the throat and he says, Pay me my $10 now. The guy couldn't. So he throws him in jail. Does that kind of freak you out a little bit? That's what we do when we hang on to other people who offend us the 10 million to $10. That's what Jesus is drawing here. That's the comparison. When the king found out what the guy did, he went and grabbed him and threw him in prison until he paid his debt. That's how God looks at you and me after God has wiped out our past sin, our present sin, and our future sin. All of it. When we trusted Christ, the blood covers all of our sin. Even what we haven't even done. We stand righteous before God. And when we go out and we get offended over so-and-so and and how they treated me, and they might have robbed me, or they cut me off when I'm driving. How many have ever done like like I've done? You've chased people down. Am I the only one? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm coming home from Stanton, Nebraska, going to Norfolk, Nebraska, right? This van, construction workers. I pass them because they're going slow. They, they flip me off. I don't know what happened. But something just, I, I'm confessing because it's good for the soul. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> so I hit my brakes, slowed down, and I'm just creeping along. I'm sure I'm making them mad. And so they talk, take off on a side road. Guess what I do? Turn around and chase them down the side road. I, I, There's three guys, and I'm by myself, right? No gun, no bat, no nothing. Just stupidity. That's it. Why? Because I'm just hot, and I'm crazy. You have... So so finally, taking the daughter out so she doesn't hear this. That's my granddaughter, by the way, just... She she doesn't want her papa saying this in front of her. I'm kidding but, yeah, anyway, things turned out great. You know, I had to confess to them that I was sorry <laughs> and repented right there in front of them because God got a hold of my heart before we stopped. Praise God. Amen. But they were very understanding and understood everything. But uh, where was I at? <laughs> That's called, my wife does this, chasing rabbits, okay? Okay, so uh, we will find out. Okay, so 
That's what happens when, when we're not willing to forgive somebody that offends us, okay? And we don't identify it and put it aside. It controls us, okay? And so, but the picture is, that's us, and this is God, and look what he's done. And God says, just as I have forgiven you, forgive each other, okay? Great, great stuff. I can never repay God for all that I owe, nor does he want me to repay because there's nothing I owe. It's all gone. How can I deal with this in my heart, this anger, before it turns into bitterness, before it turns into unforgiveness? And that is put it aside, cherish the truth that I'm forgiven because once I cherish it and I understand what true forgiveness is, it's, it's really a joy to release people. Because I'm acting like my father. We're going to get into that. Number three, trust that God's justice will prevail. How can I get victory over anger, bitterness, and that unforgiving spirit? Follow God's instruction. Cherish being forgiven. And thirdly, trust that God's justice will prevail. See, when somebody wrongs us, Either they lied to us, they've stolen from us, they've been unfaithful to us, they let us down, they rejected us. Any of these things that they've done to us, as horrendous as it is, the Bible tells us specifically how to handle it. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. Actually, Romans chapter 12, that's not the right one. It's verse 18. Let me read it. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12 and verse 18. I got the wrong verse on there. She's faster than I am. Okay. Dear friends, never take revenge. Okay. Now, notice he doesn't say except for adultery, except for abuse. It says, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For Scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. When we hold on to a grudge, and we grab a hold of it, and we let that linger. Again, we are taking the place of God. God has promised that he himself will repay with perfect measure, perfect justice. There is no escape. Nothing escapes his notice, and he promises he will deal with it. Our problem is we're not sure that's going to happen. Our problem is, as soon as they hurt us, we're thinking they cannot get away with it. Am I right? Therefore, I have to do something they need to pay. That's the idea. And so we don't really believe this promise in God's word, that he's the one that will judge. Listen to this. If you keep a grudge, you doubt the judge. You doubt the judge. 
You do not believe in the promises of God. You have to take justice in your own hands. Now, you're thinking, okay, so that means I can just, God, get them. Right? Seriously. You ever been there before? You understand this principle, so you're thinking, okay, God, you're going to do a better job than me, so just take them down. I'm serious. It's like, it's like sports, okay? When, you, when the Chiefs were playing, how many of you were praying that the other team would, would just get stomped? Okay? Or am I? You didn't have to pray? Yeah, yeah. You were losing up till seven, seven minutes, all right? So... But how many, how many people prayed for the game? When you're, when you're in the midst of that, you prayed. I'm the only one that pray over football games? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, my God cares about the little things too. And he, he cares about the things I care for. I know he cares for what other believers care for, so we're, we're all conflicting prayers going up. All right? But I was praying that Chiefs would win. All right? So the, the, the point is, is that we're, if, we, if we're praying that God would get them, then there's a principle in Proverbs. Listen to what Proverbs says. Listen to what Solomon says in Proverbs 27, 17. Listen to what he says. Don't rejoice when your enemy falls. When those that hurt you, those that, that, that wound you, when they fall, don't rejoice. <laughs> That's when we want to rejoice. Don't be happy when they stumble. Why? Notice what it says, verse 18. For the Lord will be displeased. I love this translation. The Lord will be displeased with you and will turn his anger away from them. In other words, all honesty, this is the way it goes. According to Scripture, when you get angry, and you start throwing lightning bolts, and you start doubting God's promises. And then if you even do back off a little bit, but you say, God, get them, you're getting in the way of God's justice. Look what it says. He wants to deal with them, not according to your justice, his justice. He wants to, he, every time you're afflicted, God, it's righteous in God's eyes to get back at them with affliction. Go to your Bible, so write it down. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. We're going to go there, okay? So what happens when you get, when you say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm not going to try to get revenge. I'm just going to give it to God, but God, get him. You're actually getting God's way, and he lifts his hand off of what he was wanting to do in their lives and pay justice and bring them to justice. He pulls his hand off. Okay? Now, let's go to a couple more verses before we go to, to, to James chapter, or 2 Thessalonians. Let's go to Romans again. I really want to get this, this idea down. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 20. God, again, he promises here, he says, never pay back evil with any more evil. Do things just in just a way that everyone can see you are honorable. This is, this is so good. Now, just follow my thinking. Stay awake for long enough to listen to this, all right? Do all that you can to live at peace with everybody. Okay, verse 19. Difference, never take vengeance. Leave that righteous. Uh, leave that to the righteous anger of God for the 
Scripture says, I will, take, I, will, I will take revenge and will pay them back, says the Lord. No, no, he will take vengeance and will pay them back, says the Lord. Now, let's go on to verse 20, or 21. Let's go to verse 21, or 20 and 21. Instead, if your enemies hunger, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. Follow the process. When you're offended, put away anger. Enjoy the forgiveness of God. Let, let that come back and, and just cherish the fact that I'm forgiven. Every time you're wounded, cherish the fact that you're forgiven by God and practice that. And then notice what it says. It opens the path up for genuine love. Do you see this? Everybody sees. So when your enemy thirsts, the last thing we want to do is pray, think well of them and talk well of them. The last thing we want to do is God prosper them. But when you literally put anger aside and you listen to the good doctor's opinion, then all of a sudden you're able to do this. You're able to give them food. You're able to show them genuine love. This is what God wants. He wants those that hurt us. God wants a relationship with them. This whole process of them hurting you is God working in both lives. In you to grow your faith and make you stronger. In them to bring them closer to the living God. Notice what it says. Okay? It says, then by you pouring out your love on them, God himself reveals to them their shame. He reveals to them their sin. Why? Only because of your love. So listen, you get in God's way. I can't stress this enough. You get in God's way when you get angry and upset and vent for what he wants to do in the whole picture of you being offended and you getting hurt. And you letting that anger, when you let that anger, you just step in God's way from doing exactly what he wants to do. He's sovereign and he knew this was going to happen and he wanted to just do some great stuff. And he goes on to say, verse 21, don't let evil conquer every time you let anger get a hold of you. And you're, you're just turning in your mind what they did. And it's just eating you alive, what they said. You get in God's way. But when you give it, put it aside, relish your forgiveness, do exactly what God wants you to do, trust his justice, that he's the offender, then you conquer evil with I'm telling you what, I just want to run around the church right now because this is so good. I'm eating steak. Amen? Steak, baked potato. I mean, the fixings this morning. I'm, just, I'm having a feast because this is the principles of the living Word of God. All right, last of all. Okay, so how can, I, how can I get victory over anger? Number one, follow the advice of the good doctor. 
okay? Believe this book has the answer and follow it. Follow the prescription. Number two, cherish me being forgiven. Trust the justice of God. It will prevail. And then number four, trust the purpose, trust God's purpose to turn this around for my good. <laughs> okay, do you have 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6 up there? All right. Now, notice this. This kind of goes back to the last point. Since indeed God considers it just. Think about that. Since indeed God considers it just. To repay with affliction. This isn't my words. This is God. It's a just thing with God to always, as we learn from Romans, to always pay back the person who offends you. Always pay back with affliction those who afflict you. You can bank on the fact that God's going to do something when you get hurt. He's going to do something in their life, and he's going to do something in your life. Something fantastic. First Peter. Let's go to First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. It says this. Be truly glad. It's a choice. A choice to be angry. A choice to be really glad. Why? There is wonderful joy ahead. <laughs> there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Praise God for that little while. Amen. You're going you're to go through some trials. You're going to endure it, but it's only for a short period of time that you're going to endure. Okay? But, and, and the Bible just kind of flip it around. When you, when you enjoy, or when you go through those trials for a little time, the outcome will be future joy. That's what it says. So knowing that there's future joy, therefore be glad. Be glad. Even though you're going through a trial now, all this trial is going to produce, how does it produce joy? Look, look at verse 7. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, that it's real. It is being tested as fire tests pure gold. Now I really like this translation because it really brings out the picture that, that it purifies gold. So he's, he's saying that your faith is going to get purer. Your faith is going to grow. Although he says, he, he, he makes a statement here. He, he says, although huh, your faith is what, much more precious than gold. Now, we don't look at our, our, our relationship with God much more precious than gold. Most of the time we're just after gold. We're not after our daily quiet times because gold is more important Daily quiet times, just me and God, that's not as important as gold. That's, that's the way we live our lives. Can I hear an amen? Sad to say, we're after the things of this world more than we're after growing in an intimate relationship with God. Okay, much more precious than gold. Now notice this. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring, now notice these three words, it will bring much, I like that, much praise, glory, and honor. That's the future reward for you going through the trials. 
the trials are small right now. But what are they going to do? They're going to produce great rewards in the future. So, so God is turning this all around when I get go through these hurting spells. When somebody offends me, we need to look forward to the fact that this hurt, or they hurt my child, or they hurt my loved one, or, or, or I mean, when, going through a divorce, or you, you go through a death of a loved one, and people make comments at the funeral. I mean, all of these difficult, at work, all these problems arise. I mean, there's so many ample opportunities to be angry. If we look at that through the eyes of God and understand that God's wanting me to grow now in my faith and he's got great rewards if I handle this his way. Okay, praise, honor, and glory in the future. Great rewards. Not just for me, but God over here, the, the offender, He's heaping hot coals upon their head because he also wants a relationship with them. He wants to deepen that relationship. So by you being a believer, now listen very carefully, and you getting angry, you're just pushing them away from God and say, man, I don't want to get close to God if that's because I respected that person. I thought they were a great giant for God, but if that's the, a great giant acts like that, I'll just stay in my perfect little built, drum cage, all right, where nobody can get to me. They can only look at me through the plastic glass. They can't get in there and hurt me. So I got this room built. I'm safe in here. I might be lonely, but I'm safe. So you no future rewards, no growing in faith, and no influencing young babes, new babes, are lost people for Christ. Zero. Because you're not loving them and allowing God to convict them with hot coals upon their head, bringing them to an understanding of their sin and their need for Jesus Christ. All through this, we're learning to battle with the anger, resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness. We're, we're, we're learning, and this is exactly, see it from God's perspective. That's what Proverbs is all about. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. And it is powerful. When you get hurt and you get wounded and you act in anger, you're destroying what God wants to do in your life and in the life of those around you every single time. You do not believe that God is just. You step in his way. You say, you owe me and you're going to pay me. I know God's forgiven me, but I'm off the hook. It's no big deal. You're going to pay me for what you owe. And I'm going to put you in a doghouse. I'm not going to talk to you for months. My mom was really good at that. Fleener would do something stupid, and he would. Every time it was his fault, because I still got some bitterness there. No, I'm kidding. Okay. A drunk man always doing something to hurt my mom. And she wouldn't talk to him for weeks at a time. It was kind of nice because there was a lot of silence in the home. The fighting stopped for a while. He'd quit drinking and he'd try to straighten up, you know, so there was some calmness there for a while. But it wasn't good for their relationship. She didn't understand the principle. Most of us, this is, this is deep stuff, but it's fantastic. 
So let's, let's just stop our worlds for a moment. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. Is there someone in your world right now that you're upset with, that you're angry with, that has offended you? Just lift up your hand. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one look. Just, I want to pray for you this morning. Somehow, some way, they've, they've offended you and hurt you. You may put your hands down now. Okay, those of you that raise your hand, you don't need to raise it. Anybody else, real quick, give you an opportunity. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Yes, more hands all over the place. Yes. Thank you, may put them down. Yes, thank you. Let me put it down. So you've been hurt. Somebody has hurt. It could be, it could be that devastating hurt. It could be just some words. It doesn't matter, it's still the same. I'm here to tell you, you need to respond correctly. You need to put away anger. And you do that by relishing, believing. The Word of God says put away anger. Believe that you're forgiven. Relish in it. Believe that he's just and he will forgive or he will take vengeance on those that hurt you. And believe that God has a purpose in this. Those four truths will help you not to lash out in anger. So I'm going to pray for those of you that raised your hand. Before I take these to prayer, maybe you're going through something this morning and you'd like me to include you on this prayer, just lift up your hand. Say, Brother Tim, pray for me as well. Yes, thank you for these hands. Anybody else? Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. Maybe you're here this morning, and yes, thank you. You're not even sure that you're a Christian. You're still struggling in that area. Can I pray for you? Would you lift your hand and by lifting up, up lifting hand, you're saying, Brother Tim, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? I will if you let me. Just lift it up. Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Just lift up your hand. I'll see it. And I'll remember you. Yes, thank you for that hand. Yes, thank you for that hand. Yes, thank you. Yes. All right, let's pray. Father, we just we just love you so much. Father, we are grateful for you saving us. But we're also grateful that you gave us the Bible. You gave us a plan how to handle every situation in our lives. And Father, these things that have happened in our lives are no accident. They they have a great purpose. And I pray for each one that raised their hand that they would be able to see that there is a divine plan in us being offended. If we respond correctly, you're going to bring gold silver, precious stone out of these hurts for our lives and for those that hurt us and those that are involved in the hurt. So God, we are just excited. Help us to be glad for the future joy that you're going to bring about in our lives. So Father, I pray for all of these that raise their hand and then others that pray they're going through a difficult time. Father, I pray that you would grab them and you would hold them close to you during this time. Oh, God, bless them and encourage their hearts. And Father, a couple of people raise their hand for salvation. Uh, They're just not sure. I pray you'd give them the assurance. You'd either help them to be saved or give them the assurance of their salvation. And Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for everything you accomplish in our lives.
thank you and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name.